This is Talking Mule Deer with your hosts, Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. Talking Mule Deer takes you on a journey to learn more about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer and Black-Tailed Deer Biology and Management, tips and tactics for hunting, conservation issues, and even features some of our corporate and celebrity partners. Now, let's start talking Mule Deer. Hey, this is Jody Stemmler. And I'm Steve Blinda, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Mule Deer. Hey, Jody, it's a new year. It is a new year, and it's a new season. We are in season five of Talking Mule Deer podcast. How did we make it this far? <laughs> I don't know. I thought we'd get fired like episode two, year one, but you know, so far, our new president and CEO uh, hasn't you know cut us out of there. But maybe after this one, after we interview him on today's show, <laughs> that may change. Joel, how are you doing today? I am good. It's good to be back with y'all. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, and we have another uh, special guest today. We have the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo Director, Ray Crow. Ray, what's going on, buddy? Well, you know, just preparing for a little event that we hold here in Salt Lake City, Utah. You're not too busy these days, are you? Maybe a little busy to, these <laughs> days, but uh, that's all right. Keeps me out of trouble. So, Jody, we wanted to kick off Season 5, Episode 1, with, you know, a quick look back on 2021. Uh, talking to Joel about what's in store for 2022, but we really want to spend this time talking to Ray and Joel about what's up with Expo, what can folks look forward to, what's new and exciting, what are all we going to be doing. I know we've got some stuff on the conservation side that we can let folks know about, but um, yeah, so with that, Joel, hey, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of end of year reporting in that, so in your opinion and in, in your first almost full year, uh, how did how did MDF come through 2021 and you know what's what's on the horizon in 2022? Yeah, well Steve as you said it's been uh, almost a year. Uh, we're right at 10 months so I get me through the expo and we can mark it down as close enough to a year. It's been an exciting year for me learning everything that we've got going on here and and learning all the people and the great staff that we have. Uh, 2021 turned out all things considered to be a really good year for MDF. Uh, really good on, we learned a lot uh, in terms of how to do fundraising while dealing with COVID. But at the same time, we had a number of events. Uh, I would say the majority of our events that we were able to pull off uh, financially, they did really well. As you know, we were able to continue to grow our conservation delivery over the course of the year and add staff in that arena. Uh, and we're in a position now where we're starting to add some staff to build capacity in other areas of the organization as well. So we're excited about that. And the springboard that we have coming off of 2021 and into 2022 is is outstanding. I think we're we're going to have a great year, both on the fundraising and the mission delivery side of things. Yeah, I was uh, I was doing some summary stuff this morning, Joel, and um, you know we have. 33 active agreements in the conservation delivery world and 27 of those are active uh three or six from last year that didn't carry forward this year you know three were completed and three were covid casualties so you know i, I expected a little bit more attrition um but i'm super proud about it and you know i know that you had a quick learning curve and and but you gave us the room to go out and do this stuff and and staff performed and our partners stepped up and we were able to do um 
I think it's over 10,000 acres. I know we spent a, just about five and a half million dollars of conservation delivery last year. And so it's something I'm real proud about. And I'm looking to 22 to beat that. So. Absolutely. And I think that we can beat that and continue to grow and grow in other areas. You know, one of the things that we did this last year was we upgraded the website and now we're really starting to, to put more and better information on there and can communicate better with our folks about the story that we're telling. And so a focus for the new year is going to be improving that storytelling, making sure that we've got good information out there in a timely manner and, and in a format that people want to read and, and uh, learn about what we're doing. You know, and I think if we look back on the last two years in COVID, um, all the issues that that brought everyone in the world, we also experienced a significant amount of catastrophic wildfire in a lot of our project areas and a lot of mule deer habitat. And, you know, we talk about things are changing. It seems like fires year round, but, you know, a lot of our focus as you know, we lost a few projects that were planned that we have to redesign and, and rebuild. But a lot of a lot of the work we're going to be doing is is really deer work, but also fire prevention, fire restoration work. And I think that's helps with healthy watersheds and, you know, people enjoying a landscape that doesn't look like the moon and taking down hazard trees. And but really given given the vegetation and, and the deer habitat a chance to get jump started on its recovery back to something that's productive. And I know that uh, with the infrastructure bill that was recently passed in Congress and signed into law by the president, there's a lot of money there. There's, there's for the first time money in wildlife crossings um, at the federal level dedicated for that. And so, you know, and it sounds like they're lining up to even put more money on fire resiliency, fire durability approaches, fire restoration and a whole lot of other things that, you know, we're going to be able to parlay into deer habitat work. So it's really exciting from my perspective. It is. It's, it is very exciting times. And the, the legislation and the funding that's coming from that that you mentioned uh, is incredibly important and provides tremendous opportunity for us. And because of the work that MDF's done over the years, and in particular in the last couple of years, I think we are poised uh, in a tremendous position to take advantage of that. We've got the the support and the confidence from our partners to be able to deliver on what we tell them we're going to deliver and the opportunity to design projects moving forward uh, to help deer and all those other benefits that you talked about uh, is right there in front of us. And we'll certainly take advantage of that. Well, seeing what he put on put on the meat pole last year, Jody, you know, I, I think <laughs> he's story. Uh, his first year in in hunting the West. I think he had a pretty good year. You know, Joel, why don't you give us at least uh, uh, the short version of, of what happened last year and and you know how excited you were to to finally to notch that that uh, saddle on mule deer. Yeah, um, I think I was the most uh, disliked guy around the office uh, most of the fall because. I drew tags when nobody else did, and I got the opportunity to hunt with board members in Colorado, uh, Montana, and Wyoming, and was fortunate enough to uh, kill a, a nice mule deer buck in eastern Colorado, a nice buck in uh, eastern Montana, and my first antelope as well in Wyoming this year. 
Um, but I did get blanked on my do-it-yourself hunt in Utah, so <laughs> it, it wasn't all good. And and there Gee, was some three uh, out of fours, not uh, too shabby. <laughs> not not at all. But but I you know I did get the learning curve on on how not to do it as well. So now, guys, I don't know how you feel about Joel joining the thirty-inch mule deer club on his first animal. <laughs> but that sort of longtime hunters, I don't know. I mean, there, there there's a lot of envy there going on there, Joel. Congratulations on a on a great is. fall, great animals, and you know, well deserved. Thank you. So, Steve, I was going to uh, bring up that you were talking about conservation delivery and, and conservation projects, and and you mentioned about staff growing. Let's talk a little bit about our conservation program staff, because we have a bunch more people getting on the ground, and that's what's going to influence our ability to get some of this work done and expand our opportunities for projects. Is that correct? Yeah, so we, um, we've we grown significantly. We, we At the end of uh, 2021, we had eight staff. Uh, the first part of 2022, we've added two more, so we're at 10. And we're going to be advertising for at least two more uh, specialists here in the first quarter. So we have gone from zero to 60 pretty quickly. Um, really a conservation program that is only starting its ninth year at, at the organization um, is now a, a strong core staff with high competency, great teamwork, and allows us to get a lot more work done with the fundraisers, with the partners, with the agencies, the landowners in very specific areas. Uh, we are building a model that allows us to capitalize on partnerships. So we don't bear the burden alone, but we also uh, we share the the fruits of the success. So we have shared positions with the Forest Service, with the BLM, with state fish and game agencies, and that allows us to get through the bottleneck of capacity from our perspective and from their perspective. Um, it seems like Everyone wants to cap natural resource professionals anymore from from the federal government to state governments to, you know, the ability to raise money to to pay for people's staff and, and travel or salary and travel and, and other needs. But we all know without bodies in place, without people with specialty, without focus, we can't do what we can do on the ground because it takes people to do that. And so rather than us investing all unrestricted funding, money that's raised from from chapters, from members and that, we've sort of gone the partnership route. And, and it's working out really well. We're seeing tremendous benefits at MDF and our partners are seeing tremendous benefits from their perspective. So the dual model is really hard to manage and administer, but I think it's worth it. And I would put our small team up against, you know, any comparable or even larger teams out there. I don't know if we've been lucky. I don't know if uh, I just, you know, people want to work for me in the, the organization. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's don't know going on out Steve. there, but, <laughs> but uh, we've had tremendous success. And to all of them that are listening, thank you. You make my job so much easier. You put a smile on Jeremy and Joel's face when we get stuff done and we come in with a new grant and more project work. And, and, and I think some of our contractors and some of our partners that actually do a lot of the work are, are thanking us because we're not pulled six ways to Sunday anymore. And we can give them more time, more attention, and have a much better product um, after we're done with, with the project. So it's, um, it's getting to the point where, you know, um, 
I'm getting names mixed up and I think we're getting to the point where we're no longer going to be no, that, able to that's use just, just old age, Steve, that, that has well, nothing yeah. to do with the larger staff. So uh, I think we're getting to the point where we have to use more than just first names for our email addresses too. There so. is that too. All right, guys. Well, we need to take a break. Uh, and, and it's been great getting a catch up on kind of the looking back, looking forward, but the main part of what we wanted to talk about today was hunt expo. So let's take a little bit, bit of a break. The best hunting stories begin long before the harvest. They begin with the hard work of conservation groups like the Mule Deer Foundation, working tirelessly to protect our hunting traditions. As a proud partner of MDF, Vortex Optics is dedicated to improving your experience in the field by offering you rugged, innovative optics and apparel backed by our VIP warranty, our unlimited lifetime promise to take care of you whenever you need us. Together, let's ensure Mule Deer always have a place to roam. The best hunting stories are yet to be told. Learn more at VortexOptics.com. If you're buying or selling a trophy hunting or fishing property in the western U.S., our friends at St. James Sporting Properties should be your go-to resource. St. James Sporting Properties is more than an elite group of professional ranch brokers. They're also passionate about chasing monster mule deer, highly successful big game hunters, and avid outdoorsmen. When you combine their passion and expertise in the outdoors with their industry-leading marketing program, you're guaranteed to have a first-class experience. For more information, go to the Supporting Partners page on MuleDeer.org or give St. James Sporting Properties a call today to buy or sell your dream sporting property. All right, we're back from our short break here from our supporters, and I wanted to uh, get into talking about Hunt Expo. So it's on. It is on, absolutely. It is on. So, all right. I mean, not that anybody needs to know it, but dates, times. What? What? What's the the, the well? Basis first of here? all, let's introduce Ray to the world because this I is his first already. podcast. It is his first podcast. But we don't and know about you. Yeah. Ray's been around a long time. I mean, he's he's starting to show a little gray um, in his beard too. But you know, Ray, yeah. you've been part of the MDF team for a long time, and I know uh, in the past yes. recent recent past, you've been made sort of the grand poobah of Expo. So give us a little bit of your history, personal and with the organization, and then just jump right into, you know, Expo 2022. Sounds like a plan, Steve, and uh, thanks for having me. So yeah, I started in, with MDF back in 2006. So uh, I've, uh, I've been here for a day or two. Um, I played various roles throughout the organization, um, all of which was uh, was very rewarding and uh, and and educational so uh, so it, it it's it's been a it's been a nice role or road to the expo um, path for me because um, I was involved from the very beginning the very first Western hunting and conservation Expo that was in Salt Lake City Utah um, I was fortunate enough to be there at the first one and and it's uh, it's been exciting to see it grow and uh, and evolve into what it is today um, you know with the uh, 2020 numbers of, you know, approaching 60,000 attendees walking through the exhibit hall, enjoying the the ex- exhibitors and what they have to to sell is it's been it's been awesome to go from, you know, less than 100 to you know almost 500 exhibitors. So, so it's it's quite the beast. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't change anything as far as the path to get me here. Um, but yeah, the last couple of years I've I've had the the privilege of taking on the the role of director. So yeah, uh, and, and 
Ray, you, um, you, you kind of undersell a little bit. Obviously, you, you have been involved in Expo all along, and a lot of the improvements and growth um, can be attributed to the work uh, you and Shauna have put in to, to make this such a great event. And I know that, obviously, with a year off, we're all very, very excited to get into the Expo Hall. So let's get a, a quick rundown, what, 10 to 13, February 10 to 13? Yes, ma'am. Uh, February 10th through the 13th of, uh, of 2022. Um, exhibit hall hours are 10 to 7, um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and 10 to 4 on Sunday. Um, that is where you come to do all things expo. You can apply for the 200 permits. You can visit with your buddies. You can enjoy the, the evening events. Uh, we've got uh, a pretty good pretty good lineup for, for entertainment this year, um, but you better get your tickets quick on that one because we're we're, we're moving fast on on that, so uh, which well, is a good you, thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what 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 are the evening entertainment? Because that's always been a spotlight for Expo, and I know we've changed that up just a little bit this year. Sure. So we've got uh, we've changed up a little bit of the format. That's you know something that's been n- newly added this year. Um, Wednesday night, which is before the show opens, is when we're going to welcome our exhibitors, throw them a little party of appreciation to to make sure that they understand and know that we. We appreciate them and their their longevity of being there and their support of, of the organizations and the organization is as in in whole. Um, and then we move. Now, on Ray, to- I'm going to cut cut in right here. In the past, we've heard about the numbers in the waiting list. Is that still the case? Are we still growing? Oh. Are we still like a desired place to come for these exhibitors? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it's a it's a list that varies anywhere from about 70 to 110 people that uh, that want to be on that list to get into to the to the exhibit hall floor at any given time. I mean, we've you know, we've had some unfortunate things that's happened over the last couple of years with uh, with various businesses that may or may not be able to even be here, whether it's covid restrictions on travel or whether their businesses was not uh, able to you know fight the fight get, to get through there. Um, but we always have a, a really good, um, diverse waiting list uh, to fill those spots. Um, you know, we've been sold out numerous times this year, just based off the fallout of, of anything that's happened and then the resell of it. So, um, but so yes, we have a we have a really strong following, a lot of uh, desire to be within the halls of the exhibit hall, and uh, and I think I think that will only grow. I don't think we're going to slide back from that for sure. So what, so how many, how many exhibitors do we have? Is it 400? I mean, what are the numbers? 470 exhibitors on, on the show floor, right. As as of today, um, that, uh, you know, you, you take into the, just the 10 by 10 spots, um, that, you know, a normal, you know, you'd look at a trade show with a 10 by 10 there's in the existing floor floor plan, there's a 1110, um, 10 by 10 booth spaces. And so with the large exhibitors that occupy more, um, that's where we get down into the, you know, where we're at at about 470 exhibitors that, that occupy that same amount of space. Um, which is nice because we have the, the big boys on the, on the block coming into our show, the, the Weatherbees, the Vortexes, the, the federal premiums, you know, all the, all the ones that are, are fantastic supporters of conservation. They've realized that, you know, our crowd are, are the, is the crowd that they need to be in front of. And, uh, and that, that, that tells, tells a lot, tells a lot to the, to the general public of, uh, the type of show that they can expect to come into for sure. 
So we've got the welcome back night. You've talked about yes, the sir. hall and then, you know, keep moving on through the week. Okay. Yeah. And then Thursday is a, is a new event. Um, so Mule Deer Foundation and Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife are, are going to host a, what I like, what I've been referring it to, to it as is a banquet on steroids. So, uh, it's, it's just going to be a, a fun filled game and games of chance type of uh, fundraising event. And the, the committee that's putting that together have, have got some great games and prizes that is, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's just a fun event. Um, you know, you can get that ticket for about 75 bucks. So it, it kind of, you know, accommodates the, 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 the folks that may not want to, you know, spend the whole weekend, you know, with the Friday and a Saturday night with the big, the big hurrahs and the big, uh, big events going on. And, uh, so it's affordable and, uh, and then they can come and support the, the conservation fundraising efforts also. So this is, you know, this is basically what people can expect with their normal banquets in their local chapters, but it's on a much grander scale. So it's trying to bring together MDF members, SFW members, others to come in and, and fundraise. And, and, and so it'll look and feel like your standard fundraiser. Is that correct? The standard correct. banquet that people go to? Yep. It, it's, you know, the, the typical banquet that you're used to going to on, on through the various organizations throughout, it'll be, it'll be similar to that. Um, but we will, um, you know, end the night with, uh, with musical entertainment by Charlie Jenkins. So we'll, we'll there's a little entertainment value in, inside of the fundraising component also. I think and we've then, had uh, him at, uh, at one of the banquets in the past, right? I, I, I remember he's a good local singer, isn't he? He's, he's he fantastic. I remember yeah, listening to Charlie. He's a good really cover band guy. Um, and then, you know, our one and only, you know, internal celebrity, Mike Lauder is going to be the MC for that night. So, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can anticipate to see him push the. He's going to have to break the glass on some of them uh, hats and and uh, sport coats that he has and bring out the good ones. So. Oh, he's. I, I think he ordered a new one. So. Uh, so I think he's pretty <laughs> well, he does so, such a fantastic so Ray, job over, doing that. <laughs> we also have another event Wednesday night, right? An MDF member event, right? We do. We actually, uh, you know, with we're partnering with uh, the Mountain Ops on on that night. Um, it's going to be held over at the Marriott uh, Grand Ballroom. Uh, there'll be uh, there'll be a, a, a pretty good fundraising component to it, but it's it's more driven around as a social. But the the neat twist this year, um, with the uh, the help of Joel's large vision, is uh, making sure that we grow MDF memberships. And so we came up with a with a price of admission, and that that price of admission will will get you an MDF membership. So. It's kind of a kind of a cool event to uh, not only expand onto what MDF's goal is for growing membership, but uh, we'll throw in some fundraising. We'll throw in some social. We'll we'll it's it's a kickoff party is what we're kind of calling it. Just a you know MDF kickoff party. And uh, as Uncle Eddie said, that's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, then, I mean, then, then comes the big days, you know, the Friday and the Saturday. I mean, we have, so before uh, we you know jump what? into yeah. that, we've got to take, take a break, a break. <laughs> and listen to <laughs> our supporters. Roll. You could just keep going. Couldn't you? Yeah. I know, but we, we'll save the best for the next part. We do need to hear from our supporters again. So when we come back, we will dig into our Friday and Saturday events. Elk, sheep, big old muleys, not a problem for the 27 Nosler. We packed it with more downrange punch than the 300 Win Mag. We designed it to be flatter shooting than the 6.5 PRC. 
the 27 Nosler is everything you've heard, all that you've asked for, and plenty more. So enough talking. Check out the numbers for yourself and see what makes the 27 Nosler such a beast at Nosler.com. All right, we're back. Thanks for your patience, Ray. I know you really wanted to talk about what's going on Friday and Saturday night. Exactly. We're getting to the, the to the, the good stuff. Events. I mean, this is, you know, this is the good stuff. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we 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 offer a Friday day auction that, uh, you know, has has grown tremendously over the years also. Um, you know, we it, it's a, it's a quick sale of, of lots of great items, um, but from bows to guns to, to conservation permits to state permits. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, Friday also has the ladies luncheon, which this year is, you know, conduct Kentucky Derby themed. So, you know, big, hats. big hats and mint juleps hats. there. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're pretty excited about getting that uh, that off the ground and, and, and rolling, too. So it, it should be fun. It should be a really fun event. Um, but then we head into the, the Friday night. I mean, this is this is where, you know, you're going to see all sorts of of uh, of people in in the room that's from evening gowns down to t-shirts and everything in between but uh, the the mindset is is it is our conservation night we are we're hyper focused on on what both groups have done for conservation we uh, we want to highlight some some individuals or groups that is you know good partners for that um and then you know bring on the big auctions, and this is where a lot of the the large state tags and large conservation permits from from Utah and and those those type of uh, of offerings are are sold that night. Um, and then weaving in in between everything is uh, you know the, our keynote speaker, which uh, happens to be Mr. Marcus Luttrell. So we're we're looking really really forward to having him speak and tell his story. Um, you know he's. Uh, He's he's got a he's got quite the quite the story to to tell. So it it'll be fun to to listen to him for sure. So that so as like we're a good yeah, it's, it's going to be a good night. I mean, uh, the auctions are going to be long, but uh, you know, it's 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 our conservation night. We want to fundraise. That's that's the that's that's the element. Well, it's and before we get about raising money for conservation, it all yeah. is absolutely. And and you know, before we get over to Saturday, um, you know, that there's a different thing that we're trying to offer uh, and and. Exp- expecting to to host during the day on Friday and it, it ties very much into that conservation theme. Um, we're holding our first mule deer summit that day. Um, Joel, Steve, do you want to give us a little overview on, on what that's all about? Yeah, I, I'll just set it up and let Joel take it home from there. But, you know, we, we wanted to do this a couple of years ago. Um, and as Jody is going to be in June, the... 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were part of the planning team. It was going to be two and a half days of basically mule deer and blacktail deer focused, um, really giving us uh, some, some ideas and strengthening partnerships on where MDF can, you know, basically fulfill our mission and, and help deer out. And we, it became a COVID casualty. So it's been one of those things, as we know, during the pandemic, do you keep putting that off given how urgent and needed this type of event is? So when Joel came on board, I, I updated him on where we were and he took it from there. And, and with that, I'll turn it over to you, Joel, to, to bring that one home. Yeah, this is a event, uh, a session that I'm really looking forward to. I had the opportunity last week to address the commissioners during the Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies about the 
the threats to deer populations, the threats to management of deer populations and the opportunities there. And I really started to view that as a springboard to what we want to accomplish at the Mule Deer Summit. And so we've got a great lineup of speakers to come in and talk to us about what some of those threats are, what some of the new technology that we're using to learn more about mule deer and how they use the landscape. Uh, talk to us about CWD, the challenges to management and the challenges that agencies have. And that'll be a morning session on Friday that'll be open to the public. Anybody that wants to come and learn more about mule deer threats, opportunities, management, uh, that'll be the place to be on Friday morning. And then on Friday afternoon, we're going to take the advantage of uh, having a number of state wildlife agency directors and federal agency officials that will be at the expo. And during an invite-only session, we're going to talk to them about the opportunities that uh, exist as a result of the funding that we talked about earlier through the infrastructure bill, how we can put that on the ground to do good work for mule deer uh, and black-tailed deer, and really talk about how MDF can help mesh those partnerships between the state agencies and the federal agencies, help to get this work on the ground, and how we can be better partners to all those agencies. So this is a, a new twist to Expo. We've always had the Mule Deer Working Group there to talk kind of the technical side of things. We've had some meetings with our federal agency partners to talk about the work we want to do. But this is really taking that to the next level and helping to engage the public and what the issues and the opportunities are. So I'm really excited about this opportunity. I think it's going to be really great. And just to, to, to confirm or clarify, we're still holding the Mule Deer Working Group and the federal agency partner meetings. Those are still going on. We're just expanding on this, increasing the opportunity for the public to get involved. Um, we Right now, um, we have a couple of really good speakers lined up. I know we've got Ike Eastman is going to be speaking there, uh, as is Jim Heffelvinger and uh, a handful of other folks that that have a tremendous amount of experience in mule deer conservation. So, so this is very much a, a new aspect of uh, of what we're going to do at Expo this year, and I think it's going to be really exciting. Well, the, yeah. the neat thing about it, Jody, is is we're going to have decision makers there. Um, as you all know, bureaucracies sometimes taking things from idea to proposal to action involves many layers. And so by, by bringing in people that can make decisions and set course of action, um, that's going to help us know where we should and shouldn't work, who we, what we should focus on, but also be told some things that we may not want to hear. Um, you know, what do we need to do better? Where are we missing something? Um, you know, we don't think we are, but unless we ask, oftentimes we're not going to know that. And the other thing is, is we're going to utilize technology. We know that COVID has really thrown traditional ways of doing business for a loop. So we're going to be able to try to use some technology. And I think Ray's setting up uh, some so the, the ability to stream the morning sessions. So, you know, that that'll be exciting for folks that want to get on their Internet and, and you know, their Internets and, and uh, <laughs> you know, to to. Yeah, and, and hopefully we can record that and then have it because the panel sessions um, do have some people that really, really know what's going on. And, and you know, hopefully out of all of this, um, we're going to do our job better. And you know, though this, this summit is just mule deer, um, we plan on doing the same thing for blacktail deer at a later point in time. 
We cannot forget that there are four states in this country that have black-tailed deer. We have two different subspecies, you know, and and that we need to to step up our game there. So it really it's exciting for me because you know being a biologist, I get to talk biology again rather than some of the other things that I do. And um, you know, I get I will be moderating the panel, so I get to ask questions of my peers that uh, sometimes I don't get to do. But it, it's exciting, and and I know that you know, we're going to try to do this regularly. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off every year, but I know that from the commitments we've gotten to date, it, it, it is something folks are interested in coming in. And we're talking, you know, high level folks. We're not talking, I mean, we're talking about folks who have 60, 70 requests of their time every week. So. Yep. It's going to be great. So we need to take another break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to hear our last exciting day from Ray about what's going to go on on Saturday. So We'll talk to you in a minute. For three generations and over 75 years, Weatherby has remained dedicated to excellence and innovation in producing quality rifles, shotguns, and ammunition. With 15 cartridges and unmatched ballistic superiority, know that nothing shoots flatter, hits harder, or is more accurate. Carry a Weatherby on your hunt of a lifetime and know you can depend on it to get the job done. At Weatherby, we exist to do one thing, inspire the dreams of hunters and shooters. To learn more, visit weatherby.com. All right, we're back. Ray, uh, I, I was focused there on Friday. I was figuring it was probably easier to think about it in calendar form just rather than separating it out into, you know, to, to, to the expo versus the conservation programs because that's not that way at all. We're, we're integrating everything this time. So it's, Saturday. It's all, we'll, all intertwined. So it's, it's all, all good. intertwined. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the way it should be. So we've got uh, Saturday, February 12th. Um, I'm assuming we are starting that with our, our regular Mule Deer Foundation volunteer recognition event. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, it's uh, that that's that's another event that's uh, that's it's kind of a weird time frame to do it in the morning as a breakfast. But with all the rest of the fun activities that go on through the weekend, you you kind of have to take uh, take it where you can get it. And uh, this year I can see the numbers tread, trending higher than than we've ever had. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be great to be able to see these people in person again give them some awards that they are well deserving over 2020 that they weren't being able to be recognized for and then roll into the 2021 that uh, you know even under the some of the circumstances that 2021 brought us we had some extremely well visited well well played out events that uh, that raised critical money for wildlife so uh, it's it's going to be nice to see these people in person and and spend a few hours with them to uh to recognize their their conservation efforts for sure. Um, hey Jody, so, yeah. you know on that one when people ask me uh, what you know should I go to VRE, I always say yes, but I say take your deodorant because there's a ton of sweat equity in that room, and you know <laughs> we need to make sure that <laughs> maybe that's for you there, Steve. But no, uh... <laughs> boots on the ground. These are the folks that do it, and this no. is the chance to show. I mean, we've got chapters who put in hundreds of hours. Of, of work on projects. And, and that's a pretty important part of our uh, of the organization, the volunteerism, but it also adds value to the work that you're doing in the conservation programs because that in-kind work, that volunteer hours are help us to magnify the funding that we have for conservation projects because we can help do some of the work with through the volunteers that we have as members. Yeah, you so bet. we have in a lot of our larger landscape level projects and grants, we have match requirements. We also have a philosophy that every dollar or hour spent, we want to leverage to, you know, be a force multiplier. So, you know, we're looking at, we average somewhere between eight and 10 
dollars leverage for every dollar that we spend. So we can take a local chapter rewards fundraising or a project, use in-kind match that volunteer hours, the labor or the funded direct funding and, and get a lot more done. So we meet the local needs, but then we start looking at the larger needs to the regional issues, the priorities that exist out there from a deer herds perspective or from a restoration of a watershed or a landscape. And, and that's exciting because we're already coming to the table with our own uh, contributions and skin in the game before we go asking our partners for this. And they really appreciate that. Sometimes it's required, sometimes it's not, but we always offer. And I think then we can build on that. So a small project turns into a medium project, turns into a large project. And that happens because of the local start. And, and that's exciting. Yep. So the VRE is also a chance to uh, to recognize our outstanding volunteers of the year. So not just the total numbers of hours, but individuals who've gone, gone above and beyond within this each state. So that's another yes. really exciting one because these people are absolutely the most passionate, uh, down-to-earth, kind people you'll ever want to meet. So what that's always one of my favorite events for sure. Even though it's a morning, early morning, you have to get up and be <laughs> ready for it. But it's still a very good event. Yes. All right. Yes, what else it, have we got going on uh, on Saturday during the day? Uh, looking at the schedule, we've got some some other ancillary events that go on that are just kind of part of what make Expo what it is. You bet. Um, the, I mean, the next next event following that one is Sheep Camp. So, uh, you know, they're they're they come through with about fifteen sheep tags that you have the opportunity to come in and win. Some of them you have to be present to win. Some of them you don't. But uh, they always they always pack the room full of people. To, to get their that chances. That are praying, to, hoping yes, one day to finally get that sheep tag. I know that's yeah, one of me, so that's why I'm sounding so. <laughs> yes, and so so yeah, and so that's a that's a really really fun event for uh, for the, the the sheep hunting lovers, and you know to try to get their last one to make their full curl, or whether it's their first one to get them on the on the on the dock. How many first. tags so, have you guys drawn? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Joel, I, I, Joel's good luck carries over to sheep this year. Jeez, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I'll decline to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we've also uh, got some. Uh, we're going to be hearing some loud noises going on uh, on the floor, both Saturday and I mean Friday and Saturday. Is that correct? There's there's a, a little bit of a uh, little bit of noise coming from the the duck and goose guys on Friday. Um, and then Saturday is when the, you know, the ducks, the gooses and the elks are all going to be, you know, out in full force. So, uh, so yeah, we have, uh, you know, our, our, our vice chairman of the board is graciously, you know, accepted to be able to kind of lead the elk calling contest. You know, Chad Shear is a world champion elk caller himself. So I think, think he knows what one's supposed to sound like. Sure and, does. Uh, so he's, uh, he, he, he takes that event on and, and runs with it. And we, you know, we have some some different divisions from peewee to pro and uh and he does a really good job on on getting that uh getting that organized and and of course we get to hear the the beautiful sounds of fall all throughout the halls so uh so yeah we got that one and the duck and goose calling is going on at the same time we uh we did put them over in a little different area so uh so we you know we didn't have to you know hear as much of that because that's not beautiful sounds of the fall like the elk is but anyway hey uh, now it depends on who you're asking <laughs> that event is 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 an amazing event it's actually on the path to, for these individuals to head to the nationals so they'll take two winners from from this duck and goose calling region champion 
and head off to national. So it's a it's 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 a staple event for for that crowd and and they they have really good turnout. So it's it's a lot of fun um, well, for them. And and we we didn't touch on it too much in um, for Friday because I know that uh, the Mule Deer Summit is taking the place of some of the seminars for the morning or at least in some areas. But we do still have seminars, right? We have some of our uh, celebrity and. Um, you know, professional hunting type people who are going to be providing tips and tactics and ideas on what to do. You bet. Yeah. And and we have that full schedule um, up on the website, but uh, probably the best way for, for our listeners here is to download the Hunt Expo app that has all expo, all things that, uh, that gives them the, the room numbers and where they are and who they are and and, uh, and where to go to, to gain their knowledge from whether it's the seminar professionals or educational from the deer summit or, you know, wanting to listen to the ducks and gooses or participate in the elk. So that would be so yes, yeah, it, it's ducks and gooses. <laughs> gooses, geeses. It's plural, Jody. <laughs> right. Geese, plural geese. So, That's right. so we can find that app organization. On, on, on the Apple and the Google web stores. Yes. And is there a link at the expo, the hunt expo.com? website yes. to that app also yes um if you if you go to the seminar section it has a, a link there and there's a there's a link pretty much on every page to get to the to the hunt expo but if you just search hunt expo in either your apple or or google play store you will see our beautiful new logo front and center um download that and get all the latest information for sure cool all right saturday night Yes. So yet again, another, you know, amazing fundraising element, but uh, it's our grand finale. So we don't do as many tags that night because, um, you know, we, we try to bring in some, some entertainment value, some, some, you know, boot scoot and boogie, you know, and I've seen <laughs> Jody, you know, get up on the dance floor and, you know, well, that's, it. yeah, yeah. We better I see just, that. That's, you know, that's like riding the bronze in the back of the room. It's got to happen every year. So. I, I certainly oh, like to swing dance. Yes. So um, this year um, we were able to get Lanco. Um, you know, there's a, there are a lot of people that says I haven't heard of Lanco, and and actually you have. Oh, yes, you, you have. You just yeah. need to Google their songs. They were uh, right before the greatest COVID love hit. story, isn't that one of them? You betcha. Yeah, That's, that is, really that I thought that was Taylor Swift. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're too- you don't want me to kids, start singing. You don't want me to start I have a teenage singing. daughter, so you can tell what, you know, what okay. plays here on, on least, our at least that's home, the home stair. On, so. on that, Steve. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I've seen so, he's got the channel on his serious. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. Um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got Landco coming in to kind of, you know, send us off into the sunset for the final night. Um, they, uh, they 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 should be very very entertaining and I'm I'm looking forward to having them there. So once so, we so uh, once Ray, we get we're to running that, out of time here with Jody. So but there is something that I want Joel to address because this comes up time and time again: the auction tags, the five dollar entry fee, and where does that money go? I have changed my tune on that. I I the more money we can get for conservation, I don't care how we get it. We need to be out there funding this stuff. But Joel, can you give us a you know Give us the skinny, how you look at the money when it comes in, where does it go, and how important is it to conservation, particularly for MDF and the states and the partners? Yeah, Steve, I appreciate you bringing that up. That is one of those topics that that people always ask about. And 
we're the venue to sell a lot of these tags and these tags raise a tremendous amount of money for conservation. That money, the majority of it goes directly back to the States on average MDF or SFW, depending on who has those tags, keep about 10% to help offset our administrative costs of, of helping to sell these, but it goes back on the ground. And for example, one of the ways that goes back on the ground is here in Utah, through the sale of the conservation permits and the 200 tags, uh, MDF was able to contribute a million dollars towards a new land acquisition uh, to make a new wildlife management area in the state of Utah. And SFW made a large contribution. Uh, Elk Foundation and other organizations also contributed money that came from these tags. Uh, but other states do it as well. And so when these tags are sold, the money goes back on the ground, typically for the species that uh, the, the tag is for. Sometimes the wildlife conservation in general it does a tremendous amount of good out there on the ground. And so you mentioned the 200 tags. We all know that for $5 per entry, you can get a shot at winning one of these uh, tags that, that Utah provides the organizations to basically raffle off. Everyone, you know, it, that's not limited to how much money's in your pocketbook other than your $5 entry. And, you know, I have friends that have won sheep tags with a single entry. So um, we often get asked, okay, where does that $5 entry fee go? Can you just give us the quick 30-second version of how how MDF handles that uh, $5 entry fee, at least the portion of the funds that we, we get out of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the simple version of that is that there's a portion that we can keep for the administration, uh, but the majority of it basically, lack of a better way to put it, goes into escrow uh, with our organization or with SFW, and we have to submit how we want to spend that money in conjunction with the agency to do good wildlife related projects on the ground. Uh, those, the monies from those permits, uh, the 200 permits, as well as the conservation permits are audited on an annual basis so that everybody knows where that money goes. There's documentation that uh, we keep up with and share with the state that says, this is what the money's going for. So there's, there's no secrets in how that money's being spent. Well, and in my tenure, I can tell you, uh, Miles, your predecessor, our former CEO, and you are really have some some discipline about it's got to benefit, you know, deer in the state of Utah. And, you know, Absolutely. I know we've been criticized that we don't let folks know, but I guess what we're letting folks know is, is hey, we're letting you know that this is an open book and we're not running off and, and doing bad things with this money. We, we are, we are putting it back on the ground Absolutely. and we, we are proud of that. I mean, that, that, that cinnamon Creek property that we were able to contribute to one of our staffers said that's, that's the highlight of his career so far. That's a huge deal. 8,000 acres. That's going to now be open forever to the public, not right. just the people of Utah, but the public in general. So, and not just to the people that purchased the tags, that right. That's right. That. Yeah. Like once again, sportsmen's carrying the load and, and I know we've, we've got to wrap it up here, Jody. So um, Ray, any last words, we can go to huntexpo.com, get the app, join the mule deer foundation at muledeer.org. Anything else to add there? Yeah. All, all the above. Um, yes. Huntexpo.com. Um, get registered, buy your day pass there. There's a component in there that you can get some memberships. So, you know, all, all, all things good at Expo Land. 
Yeah, and 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 I I probably should be the uh, the bearer because I know you don't like to do this, but there is a COVID protocol statement on there. So just make sure you check that on the website before you come to see what the the rules we have to abide by um, based on the Salt Palace. But everything else in there is on that website has tons of good information as well. So and and Jody, let's not forget that we're going to have a talk of mule deer set up uh, on the second floor outside of the exhibit hall. Um, come by, say hello. We'll be doing some live stuff. We'll probably be doing some recordings. And so, you know, we'd love to hear from you and, you know, you'll, you'll see our banner and you'll see the, the kiosk that we have set. We, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Looking forward to, uh, to, to, to getting back into the expo hall for sure. It's, it's been way too long. So, and cause I wasn't actually able to be to the 2021 myself. Um, it, that was right before things crushed down and I was out of, out of town with my, my daughter. So looking forward to spending time on expo floor and great talking to you, Ray. Thanks for finally getting on the, the, the podcast. I'm surprised. I was shocked when I heard that you hadn't, we hadn't had you on there before. Joel, good having you on again. Thanks guys. Uh, until next time, this is Jody Stemler. And I'm Steve Belinda and thank you for talking mule deer. Thanks for talking mule deer with Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. The Mule Deer Foundation is the only conservation group in North America dedicated to restoring, improving, and protecting mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. MDF is a strong voice for hunters in access, wildlife management, and conservation policy issues. To find out more, visit www.muledeer.org and stay tuned for the next episode of Talking Mule Deer.